the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, November the 30th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Do you know that there are only 31 days left in the year? 2020. A lot of us will be glad to put some of the stuff that happened in 2020 behind us and move on. Today, on November 30th, 2000, Al Gore's lawyers battled for his political survival in Florida. Most of us remember that, and in the U.S. Supreme Court, for that matter. Meanwhile, the GOP lawmakers in Tallahassee moved to award the presidency to George W. Bush, just in case the courts did not, by appointing their own slate of electors. A lot going on in the election of 2020, as you know. It isn't over yet. There is a massive case to be made about fraud. I want to talk to you just a little bit more about fraud and deception this morning. But don't give up on the election if it isn't going the direction you voted. And it certainly isn't moving in the direction that I voted. So we'll talk about that in a moment. Today in 1782, the United States and Britain signed preliminary peace articles in Paris ending, formally, the Revolutionary War, called the Treaty of Paris, signed in September 1783. Today, in 1803, Spain completed the process of ceding Louisiana to France, which had sold it to the United States. Today, in 1835, Samuel Longhorn Clements, Samuel Langhorn Clements, excuse me, you know him as Mark Twain, He was born in Florida, Missouri. Also born today in 1874, Sir Winston Churchill. Today in 1940, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz were married. Their marriage ended in divorce, 1960. 20 years of marriage. Today in 1960, the last DeSoto was built by Chrysler. Now I know you young people under 40, don't probably don't know what a DeSoto is, but some of us who are over 40, we remember them. Well, they went away today. Last one was built by Chrysler. They decided to retire the brand. The DeSotas were made for 32 years. I knew a couple of people when I was a kid who had DeSotos. Today, in 1993, President Bill Clinton signed the Brady Bill, which required a five-day waiting period for handgun purchases and background checks of all prospective buyers. Today, in 2018, former President George H.W. Bush died at his home in Houston. He was 94 years old. His wife of more than 70 years, Barbara Bush, had died in April. I hope you had a great weekend. We did. Not normal, not what we normally do, I can tell you for sure. But I hope that this was a good weekend for you, a good Thanksgiving day and Thanksgiving weekend. We, um, Marjorie and I were 
we did not have all the family and the the kids and their spouses and our grandkids and all of them in our home. We've done that for years. This year it was different. We decided mutually not to do it. But I got to tell you, I am thankful for so many things. God is good. But I missed having our family together as we always have had. That's our norm. Our children, all three of them serve the Lord. Their spouses serve the Lord with all their heart. And all of our grandkids serve the Lord. The two little ones are learning to serve the Lord. They're quite young, but they're making those decisions and very involved in their church and Sunday school and so on. We missed having our get-together, but we are profoundly thankful to God for all of his blessings. And you know, I'm thankful for what the blessings that I see on the horizon. Blessings are coming. God is good. God is faithful. God will not forsake his people. And yes, we're going through some very difficult times. But remember, God is in control. Be thankful. Amy Coney Barrett's placement on the Supreme Court excited a lot of us who are religious liberty advocates, especially evangelicals. I talked a lot about it during her hearing just a few months ago. We believe that her originalist jurisprudence, combined with her obvious, very devout faith, would make her a firm advocate of interpreting the Constitution's free exercise clause to defend religious liberty. I talked a lot about that on this program. Her role in the court's opinion this past week in joining the overly strict, understated regulations from New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, who's a nutcase, on how many people can gather in a house of worship, a church, a synagogue, etc., That decision shows how right we were in voting the way we did or advocating the way we did. Without the late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, there were only three liberals to join with Chief Justice Roberts, who was supposed to be a conservative when George W. Bush appointed him. He's not. He's becoming more liberal every time he takes a breath. I don't know what's the matter with him. I don't know. Was he, was he just deceiving us then, or is he deceiving us now for some other weird reason? I don't know. But he isn't certainly a constitutionalist, and he's not, what I think, what George W. Bush thought he was when he nominated him. He's a disaster. But Barrett joined the four conservatives on the Supreme Court who had dissented. They were, Como has been scoffing about religious meetings and religious convictions. Como said recently, a couple of months ago, he said, I don't care about your religion. He said, this is about the pandemic. I think that's a truthful statement. At least half of it was, he doesn't care about your religion at all. And it's not really about the pandemic, it's really about him. That's what it's really about. But Amy Coney Barrett stepped up and was one of the five in the five to four four decision to uphold religious freedom. That's why voting 
matters. Many of us voted for President Trump simply because we believed that he would nominate the right people, constitutionalists, to the Supreme Court. And he did. In four years, he placed three people on the Supreme Court who have proven to be originalists, the kinds of people that we wanted on the Supreme Court, constitutionalists. So I think, I think that we can all see that votes matter, both sides, the left and the right. Our country is deeply divided. There's no question about that. But our culture is being ripped. The fabric of our culture is being ripped by deception. That's why there's such a great divide in our country today. The Bible says in Romans chapter 16, verse 18, in the King James Version, For they that are of such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. And by good works and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. By smooth talk and glowing words they deceive innocent people. Genesis chapter 3, verse 13, you know the story well. Verse 13 says, And the Lord God said unto the woman, the woman would be Eve, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The servant beguiled me, deceived me, and I did eat. Throughout the Bible, deception is a major theme. Psalm 101.7 in the New King James Version says, He who works deceit shall not dwell within my house. He who tells lies shall not continue in my presence. So to call out people, particularly public people who are lying to the public, would be a godly act of turning on the light, piercing the darkness, speaking the truth. A new survey published over the weekend shows that one of every six Biden voters, 17%, 17% of those who voted for Joe Biden said they would not have voted for him had they known the facts about any one of eight different news stories that the news media censored. That, too, is an act of deception. Stories we all know about now, now that the election day has passed. Thomas Jefferson's words keep coming back to me. And even those words have been challenged. There are people out there today with a large microphone or they write columns in newspapers and say, no, 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 he never said those words. Yes, he did. (laughs) I read the letter where he wrote them. And I put it in an article that I wrote today. The media censorship changed the election outcome. It really did. I would encourage you to read the article that I wrote, but I'm going to be talking from that context Go to faithandfreedom.us. Thomas Jefferson's words regarding ignorance and freedom are hauntingly true in 2020. That's why we do what we do every day on this program. In a lengthy letter to Charles Yancey, it was dated January 6, 1816. Thomas Jefferson wrote, quote, If a nation expects to be ignorant and free in a state of civilization, it expects what never was and never will be. Until we can get to the truth in America, we're not going to be a civilized culture. 
The mainstream media repeatedly denies Jefferson. You can go, uh, WikiLeaks keeps changing. So you go there and there's one, you know, story and it's updated by people. They can have access to that. That's why I pay not a lot of attention. I look at WikiLeaks, some in my own research, but I, I don't take, I don't put a lot of weight in what, what's there, but some, but sometimes they have said that Jefferson never said that he alluded to those kinds of things, but he never said that. But in the context of his time, what what he was saying, what Jefferson was saying, he was making the assumption that the news media told the truth. Do you remember in your lifetime, a time when you kind of assumed that if you read it in the newspaper, it was probably true. Remember the old saying, I've said this before, but I used to hear it as a kid growing up. They'd say, well, they'd say, are you sure about that? You know, the folks I grew up with were pretty honest, hardworking people. I love them including my own parents. And somebody would say, are you sure about that? Well, yeah, I read it in the newspaper. Oh, well, that day has passed and we all know it. But that's what, that's what Jefferson was assuming in his day. On January 6th, 1816, when he wrote that letter to Yancey, he was assuming that what, if you read it in the newspaper, it was probably correct or as correct as, they knew how to make it. <clears throat> the news stories, the news stories then would help you not be ignorant or not be uninformed. So he was encouraging in his letter, this Mr. Yancey, he was an educator. He said, keep up the good work of educating America's youth. And his, the essence of what he was saying is, hey, we want our kids to be educated and be able to read so they can read the newspaper and other news articles, and they too can be informed. Because he said, if a nation expects to be ignorant and free in a state of civilization, it expects what never was and never will be. In third world countries, and I've spent a lot of time there in, in a period of time in my life in missionary work, in third world countries, the leadership just assume that the people are uninformed because they are. Many of them are illiterate. They can't read or write. And if, even if they can, the truth is kept from them just by manipulating any news sources in those countries. But I never thought I would see in our America, my country that I love, and you love as well, I know you do. I never thought I would see such a time, but that's what we're experiencing here in America now. Much has changed since 1816. But the truth of Jefferson's statement has not changed. In fact, if anything, it's been elevated in the days in which we live now. The media has lost all credibility by either outright lying to the American people or by omission, by silence, by suppression of the truth, not telling the public what they know to be true because the media's far-left bias is more important to them than the truth. They don't care about the truth because they don't care about conservatism, values. They're progressives. Truth changes. There is no truth, basically. The Bible calls it censorship. The Bible calls it lying by omission. This past weekend, Media Research Center published a new survey that proves that the media used censorship to mislead the voters. Silence can sometimes be a louder voice than words themselves. Voters are now expressing regret for voting for Joe Biden. 17% of all people 
who voted for Biden say they regret it now because they didn't know. If only I had known. Many people live their lives in regret. If only, if only I had done this, if only. Well, it's called buyer's remorse sometimes. When you ever buy something, you say, man, I wish I wouldn't have bought that. I bought a car or two in my life and kind of thought, man, what was I thinking? I don't like this car. But, I mean, that's part of life, but yet it has become a part of our cultural existence now. 17% of the people that voted for Biden said, I wouldn't have voted for him. Not suggesting they would have voted for Trump. But they wouldn't have voted for Biden had they known even one of the eight stories that have been censored by the media that were put in front of them in this most recent poll. If only I had known. The survey was taken in seven swing states, Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Six of those were called for Biden. North Carolina went to Trump, as you probably know, because I think most of you who listen to this program are pretty well informed. I hope so. That's why we're on. And that's why you support us. And thank you for your support, by the way. I, I Again, I, I say it often. In fact, now it's being quoted back to me sometimes. We wouldn't be here without you. And that's the truth. And I know it. And I know you know it. So thank you so much for your support. I mean, truly, every month. It just We just take this a month at a time. And it's been a number of years now. But without your support... Um, we wouldn't be having this conversation. So thank you so much. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Or you can go online and, and to faithandfreedom.us where the stories are, the columns that we write every day are published. They go out to thousands of people. You can read that, but you can also donate there. There's a donate tab. Thank you so much. We need your support. We don't operate from some reserve or we don't have sponsors in the sense of sponsorship. We have simply those of you who believe in what we're doing. So thank you. MRC's polling company asked Biden voters about eight news stories that were censored by the mainstream news media. Had you known then what you know now about these eight stories, would you have voted for Biden? One out of every six Biden voters said they would have abandoned the Democrat candidate, had they known the facts about one or more of these news stories. It was discovered that 82% of Biden voters were unaware of at least one of these key news stories, with 5% saying they were unaware of all eight of these issues that were tested in the survey. MRC says a shift of this magnitude would have changed the outcome of all six of the swing states won by Joe Biden and Donald Trump would have comfortably won a second term as president. This is the list of issues, how the Biden voters would have responded had they been informed. Let me go through it with you very quickly. The Biden sex assault allegations would have had the greatest impact. 35.4% of all people who voted for Joe Biden did not know that Tara Reid had worked for Joe Biden and she credibly told people at the time it was a true case of sexual abuse by him, attempted assault. And she came out and claimed that, and yet the media covered it up. 35.4% of those who voted for Joe Biden said they'd never heard about that before. 
and 8.9% of them said if they would have known that, they would not have voted for Joe Biden if they'd have known this story as they now do or have learned about it. The second most impactful one was Hunter Biden, the scandal, laptop. 45.1% of those who voted for Biden said they were not aware of what was on that laptop. They'd heard about laptop or they had never heard about a laptop, but they were unaware of the information that was on there. And 9.4% of them said they would not have voted for Joe Biden had they known then what they know now. And this was taken just a week ago. 33.1% economic growth under the Trump administration. 49% of those who voted for Biden said they were not aware that the economy had grown that much under President Trump. 5.6% of them said they would have not voted for Biden had they known that. They did not know that Trump had created 11.1 million jobs. 39.4% of them said they'd never heard that before. 5.4% said they wouldn't have voted for Biden had they known that at the time. U.S. energy and independence was another issue that the the polling company, MRC's polling company, put in front of these people. They said, did you know that under the Trump administration, we have become energy independent of all the other nations? They said, no. 50.5% of them said they'd never heard that before. And 5.8% of them said, if I had known that, I would not have voted for Joe Biden. Operation Warp Speed, that is the accelerated uh, process that Trump put in place that's bringing vaccine to the country and the world for this coronavirus, 36.1% said they had never heard that Trump had accelerated that and it was being done so quickly. In fact, some of the people said, I wondered why it was getting done so quickly when usually it takes years. And some even referred back to the days of polio and other uh, epidemics that we've had and the vaccinations and how that helped and so on and so forth. 36.1% had no idea that Trump and the administration had accelerated that. The total of that survey was 82% were unaware of something in those news stories. And 17% total said they would have voted, they would not have voted for Biden. As you can see, the most impacting stories had to do with Joe Biden's personal character, Tara Reid, sexual allegations. Dr. Joe Biden's husband came out and said, Joe Biden and Jill keep telling the story that they met on a blind date. He said they didn't meet on a blind date. He said, Jill was married to me and she kept making excuses and saying she wouldn't go places with me on business and one thing or another. He said, I finally figured out she was having an affair with Joe Biden. That's how they met. Jill and her husband were working for the Joe Biden campaign for senator years ago. And he said, I finally figured out they were having an affair when Joe Biden was driving the Corvette I bought for my wife and they had a wreck. No one was injured, but it was a fender bender. There's a there's a whole underline and we've heard the stories about him. And I'm not just trying to bash Biden. I mean, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But goodness sakes. He's being put forward as some kind of a moral um, representative, a devoutly Christian. He gave a Thanksgiving speech over the weekend. You probably 
heard it or saw it. Uh, it I'm not going to spend any time on it, but the one thing that stood out to me, he says he's a devout Catholic. He says he reads his Bible. I've heard him say that a number of times. And he was quoting from Psalms, and he was pronouncing it palm. Yeah, like the palm of your hand. I would think that a devout Christian who reads his Bible often would know how to pronounce the word palm. I mean, he said it two or three times. He was quoting a scripture verse, and he kept referring to it as palm. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Another important story that was censored, was buried by the media, was the Hunter Biden laptop story. It showed that Joe Biden was aware of his son's business dealings. In fact, he was included in the deal. He was called the big guy, quote, unquote. $10 million was set aside for the big guy. Nobody knew about it. 45.1% of the people who voted for Joe Biden said if they would have been fully aware of what that laptop story in, in, involved, they wouldn't have voted for him. Knowing about this laptop, laptop story alone would have impacted the election. Similar results were found when Biden voters asked about the other six censored stories, Kamala Harris's radical left-wing policies, the most far-left senator in the United States Senate, positive economic job reports, Middle East peace deals that has been brokered by Trump, all of this. President uh, Brett Bozell says, looking at all eight of these issues together, our poll found that a total of 17% of Biden's voters told us that they would have changed their vote had they been aware of one or more of these deals. Now, they didn't say they would have voted for Trump. They just said they wouldn't have voted for Biden. So if they had not voted for Biden, the president would have, well, <laughs> Bozell says trounced, I haven't heard that word for a while, Biden in the Electoral College. Just based on this poll, Trump would have won the electoral votes 311 to 227. You will never hear that in the mainstream media. The most basic principle of our electoral system is that our leaders are chosen by the people. But if the people are given systematically one-sided information with critical facts omitted, the real power to choose that has been stolen from them. And the Bible speaks of stealing as well. It's for these very reasons attached to the censorship of any public expression of Judeo-Christian values in our culture. And along with the Lord's nudging has led me to do this program every day. And I know I'm not speaking to the whole world. I understand that. But I'm speaking to you. And I'm doing it because I so deeply believe that America is so good. And God is good. And God has a plan. And God has a purpose and God is in control. And I want to encourage you, but we want to inform you. And we do the best we can do every day to keep you abreast and keep you informed as to what's really going on in our world. These are difficult and challenging times, and I want to thank all of you for your support as we try to speak the truth to the best of our ability, try to keep you updated and in, you know, in the know as far as what's going on, it isn't the way the press is presenting it. I have much more to say, but I'm almost out of time today. This would be a day that I would like to be on for an hour. I know many of you are applauding and saying, no, 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 half hour is long enough. No, I'm kidding. But thank you so much for your support. Thanks for being with us today and 
thank you for your prayers and kind remarks that you send along to us. I read them all. We'll continue our conversation right here tomorrow because a lot is happening. We want to stay informed.